Hello and welcome back to Bourbon and Stuff. This is Carolyn from Bourbon Stuff, and as always, here's my husband E. Hello. I uh, hope that everyone is well, everyone is staying safe, and that you're having a decent year so far. I hope that for those of you that listen in the north, that you are thawing out after that horrendous uh, snow and ice issue. You that... mean the north, like Texas? Yeah, I mean they're north compared to us, and. By this time that people that, hear that this, have there's going to be a northwestern uh, snowstorm that's gone. Um, either way, today we are going to be comparing, uh, well, we're going to be doing a we're review. Gonna be, we're going to be trying something and then comparing it to its brother. So um, what are we trying? We're doing Maker's Mark uh, 101. Which is a limited release uh expression of Maker's Mark at, surprisingly enough, 101 proof. Yeah. Or 55.5% ABV. Yeah. Um, this used to be a distillery exclusive, or used to be a travel exclusive, and then it was a distillery exclusive, and then um, everyone got it. Yeah. Everyone and their dog, every liquor store has it. If you live in an area that doesn't have this, let us know, because... We can help you, because it's everywhere here. And, um, well, depending upon how this goes, we may suggest potentially avoiding this, because we are going to be comparing this to Maker's Mark Cask Strength. Which, that is our personal favorite of the Maker's Mark line. Or at least darn close to it. Yeah, um, and it comes in at 109-ish. It's normally between 107 on the low, yeah. low end, and up to, I've actually seen 114 once. Okay. Um. Yeah, so regardless, they're the same damn price. So Maker's Mark 101 comes in at $39.99. We did not technically buy this. We uh, got this in a trade, but again, like I said, this is available literally Everywhere, at every big box store, at every small liquor store, at every chain store, it is available. Which then begs the question, since we, at least for us, are able to get Maker's Mark cask strength for the same $39.99, is it worth it to buy the Maker's 101? Yeah. That is the question that we hope to answer by the time this podcast is done. I think I spent a bit over $39.99 on Maker's Mark. Or was it just a regular maker's So bottle? you spent forty nine ninety nine yeah. on a bottle at a small shop down in Oviedo. Yeah. Uh, but the reason why you spent the premium <laughs> is because that was what is called a slam dunk bottle in yes. which rather than having the uh, the dip of wax uh, partially down the neck of the bottle, it goes all the way down the neck into the shoulder and maybe even beyond that. Yeah, it touched the label. It, like... It was good. I have been on the hunt for proper slam dunks, and literally anytime I see them, I will buy them without hesitation. Yeah, because um, all of the bottles of Maker's Mark are hand-dipped. We have been there. We have seen it. They are hand-dipping every single bottle, and... Occasionally, they just kind of go, eh, fuck it. Bonk. Like, <laughs> I'm a little bored. I'm gonna dunk this one, and... Um, I would say it's what I'm gonna throw a number out there, and this is completely just a guess of a of a statistic. But one out of every hundred cases yeah. might get one. Because when we were there, we watched the line for like what a good ten minutes. Yeah, and we saw them dip two. Yes, 
And that's at the rate of like 300 bottles uh, per minute. So yeah, like they're they're doing a ton of bottles, and there's a good what four or six people that were dipping at that time, and they were doing case after case after case after case after case, and then they both got kind of bored and did a slam dunk. Yeah. And then that one went on, and it took every power within me to not run over that fucking barricade and grab that bottle. I appreciate that, because I want to go back. <laughs> so, um, I guess what we can do is we can get our, our initial nosing and tasting of the Maker's 101, and then do a compare against the Maker's Cask and just really see, is this worth it? Um, I did forget to mention, or we forgot to mention, I forgot to mention, um, that the Maker's Mark 101 is the same mash bill as the Maker's Cask, is the same mash bill as Standard Maker's, which is 70% corn, 16% soft red winter wheat, and 14% malted barley. So this is a wheater, this is a wheated bourbon, however you want to call it, and um, yeah. Yeah. And um, if you haven't been to their distillery, please do go. It was one of the most beautiful distilleries that we've been to. It but is like every goth kitty's um, like dream place. Black barns, black rick houses, and I will say the scenery is beautiful, yeah. but it is an uphill battle getting back to your car because they, they operate on a hill. Mm-hmm. And also the roads to get there are some of the craziest roads we've ever dealt with. So mm-hmm. if you, you do decide you, to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you hear the banjos playing um, and you pass an alpaca farm. Um, and there's a lot of narrow roads. Very, very narrow. And uh, the first time we went, we had a regular car. The second time we went, we had an SUV. So it was a little more interesting getting down those roads. But... It is definitely a trek that you are not going to be prepared for until you've done it once. And when you're done, don't go out the same way you came unless you came from Yellowstone or Wilderness yeah. Trail. But if, if you, you didn't, if you didn't, then go out of the main exit and turn left and follow that road all the way down to Yellowstone. Check out Yellowstone. And then go another like ten minutes beyond or, that. Technically, it's the it's Limestone Branch Distillery, yeah, but they make me. Yellowstone. They make Yellowstone, and then go another you know ten minutes past that, and you'll be right to Wilderness Trail. Now, one thing I will advise because we're doing a lot of advising on this oh, one, so God. please roll back the podcast if you need, grab a pen and paper. Um, if you start off your morning at uh, at the time that Four Roses opens, and then when you're done doing a tasting or a tour at Four Roses, you immediately jump over to Makers and do a tour, and then immediately go to Wilderness Trail, or go to um, Limestone Branch, and then do a, a little guided tour there, and follow that up with a little tour at Wilderness Trail, you will have consumed between uh 16 to 20 samples of whiskey by the time it's 11 o'clock so and like eat a so, good hearty meal uh four roses is generous with their samples and maker's mark is generous okay, with maker's their is samples more generous and limestone branch is ridiculously 
generous with their samples. Which we got to try right out of the barrel and right off of a still. So yeah. what more can you ask for? So yeah, you get like five at one place, five at another, five at another, and three at the other. Yes. So eat, have snacks in the car. Lots we of were, carbs. We were, we were snacking on like jerky and... Uh, trail mix and crackers and everything we if, could. If you're not familiar with day drinking, pace yourself. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And if you're not used to higher proof products, pace yourself because... Little sips go a long way. Yeah, because... Mm, know your limits, drive safe. Yeah. If you feel that you are too impaired, do not drive. Do no. not get behind the wheel. If need be, have a designated driver for your entire trip. That, yeah. That's always a good option. Um, and we, we make jest, but but in all seriousness, be safe, people. Yeah. And there's a winery um, in that area. Lover's Leap. Called Lover's Leap. It's right there between... Um, it's right there by Limestone Branch. By Limestone Branch, and, uh, just around the curve. And we actually got some of their wine that we didn't open until we got back home. We actually had that for your birthday, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And it is delightful. It is. They make good wine. Yeah. Like, yeah. I definitely, we're not winos. We know nothing about wine. We know what tastes good, what huh. tastes bad, what this, we like. This red pairs real well with this white. <laughs> yeah. Like, the red tastes like red. The white tastes like white. The pink this, tastes this like tastes pink. This tastes like wine. <laughs> but <sighs> they're good. And they're not overly expensive. There's not a lot of places to stop and eat while you're out there in the country because that's what that is that is the bfe of kentucky where all of those places are so do yourself a favor pack a, a cooler bag or um just a cooler with snacks and food um whiskey balls don't count as food no no and every distillery gives you bourbon balls bourbon balls yes every one of them and the makers are damn delicious Ooh. as are the ones at buffalo trace and at barton 1792 mm -hmm. i hope you guys are writing all this down because we are just giving you the world of knowledge <laughs> yeah so if you haven't done any sort of tours on the bourbon trail we've been a few times and once we are vaccinated and it's safer to travel we plan to go back as soon yep. as we possibly can and you know so what we will even do a podcast on the things we have done on our, yeah. on our distilleries. So if you have questions about the tours, the distilleries, the things to do, the places to go, how to schedule yourself, um, don't hesitate to contact me either on Instagram uh, under bourbon and stuff, bourbon underscore and underscore stuff, or email me at bourbonstuff at gmail.com and ask your questions because I'm more than willing to help answer them, help guide you. It's, it can be overwhelming. <laughs> it can. So, with all of that plethora of information being said, yeah. let's get into this. Yeah, all right, let's do it. I mean, it's... It smells like Maker's. <laughs> so, yes, it has a very distinct Maker's Mark profile on the nose, which is genuinely not surprising. No, it's... It's sweet, like, it's caramely. Yeah, slightly sweet, oak. a little caramel... It's a little oaky, slightly ethanol-y. Um, I, I get a little bit of burning on the nose, but it's not terrible. It's not overwhelming for me anyway. I mean, it's a good, well-rounded 
inviting friendly a uh, little bit of baking spice but not a lot yeah and it it has that typical sweetness on the nose that a weeder has yes that funk yeah if you will yeah okay shall we get into the palette yeah that's it i mean that's lovely yeah i mean it's good it's sweet it's caramel it's like a little bit of cinnamon. It kind of dances on the tongue a little bit. Yeah. It has um, a really nice finish that's kind of buttery and like sweet apples. It's not unpleasant. It's not overly tannic. It's not overly aggressive. The finish carries. It does. Um, it definitely gives you that kind of like tongue numbing uh, tingliness bit. that bit. cinnamon tends to do. Um. The little bit of funk that I was getting on the nose, I'm also getting on the palate. Yeah. And we don't say funk in a bad way, just like, like... It's a unique twang in the same sense that um, certain foods have a very distinct flavor profile. Or, like, if you're into wild turkey and wild turkey has that funk, um, it's just like, it's a grain-heavy funkiness. I remember very distinctly when we first started getting into bourbon and whiskey... One of the ones that we got was Classic Maker's Mark, and I I remember quite vividly the first time you smelled it, you said, this smells like gym socks. And then you tasted it and you said, I like that. <laughs> so yeah. we, we've grown a lot in the past few years, but you know what? The funk is something to embrace. Um, it, it's one of those really weird things. It's like when you get into scotch where like, you know, the more weird things, like you're smelling like the burnt door, you're smelling turpentine, you're smelling Band-Aid. like a band-aid, you're smelling um, you know, the the disinfectant, your iodine. Iodine, yeah. Or seawater and things like that. You're smelling the ocean and like, that funky weirdness. <clears throat> like when someone says, uh, it's like drinking a mermaid's bathwater or you're making out with a uh, cigar smoking walrus. I mean it, it's weird, but you embrace the weird. And it's it's highly, highly accurate. And, like, it wasn't until we got into a couple of scotches that were like, holy shit, this really does taste like iodine, or holy shit, that really does taste like the ocean. And that, I mean, it's, it's all funky. Yeah. It's weird. I, I think, as a whole, Maker's 101 is a decent whiskey. I absolutely think it's decent. I, I don't know that... I mean, the price forty dollars for a bottle. I mean, that's that's pretty low by our standards. But yes, Some but at the same time, at the same time, you can get like if you're into the higher proof products, you can get higher proofs so, for the same price. Um, and you can get a handle of wild turkey for between thirty-two and forty as well. So yeah. I mean, is it really a value product? I don't know if I could say that. I don't think you're gonna. Uh, feel like he got ripped off though. Yeah. Um, so I guess with that, the question is, is it worth it to get the 101 versus the makers? And I'm gonna check out the nose real quick of both. And what he meant was the 101 versus the cast. What did I say? Makers. Yeah. <laughs> is this the cask? That is the cask. They're nearly identical, but... A the, little bit more depth and complexity. Yeah, there's a little bit more darkness to the cask strength than there is to the 101. Which but, makes perfect sense. But I think that I like the nose of the 101 better, just because it comes off a little bit sweeter. That's fair, that's fair. 
I guess we'll see what the the palette is like. Okay, so no. So to me, the palette on the 101, even though it's, though it's only um, 54.9% instead of 50.1, so just under 5% more uh, alcohol by volume, the flavor is so drastically different. It's much more, um, it, it's like everything got cranked to 11. It's very vibrant. It's very spicy. It's. Can you clarify whether or not you mean the 101 is this or oh, the cask strength? I apologize. You are so, being clear. So the cask strength is significantly uh, more complex. It has more depth of flavor than the 101. Yeah. Um, um, go back to the 101. So I think that the Maker's Mark cask strength is. Ca- blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I think that the Maker's Mark cask strength is delightful and it is it is turned up to 11 but it also brings out more harshness elaborate so i think that the finish is more tannic on the cask than it is on the 101 okay so i guess my big thought on this is uh first of all you are correct um there is a bit more more tannic, uh, there's a more tannic finish on the Maker's Cask than the 101. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's also, I believe, just more of the f- the, the barrel influence because it is cask strength. That, yeah. That's happening. Um, so, to me, these are very, very similar creatures, which, of course, they would be. But the 101 is just a more gentle... Um, overall product. And that's what I was, uh, what I was going to lead up to is, to me, the Makers 101, I would... Is that the cast? No, this is. Oh. So, to me, the, uh, the Makers 101, it's more in line with what I would expect, um, someone who's Mm new-ish, almost intermediate to whiskey, would reach for as a preferred uh flavor that the maker's cask may be a little bit too um overpowering to them on the palate uh but the maker's 101 might just hit that sweet spot for them yeah silly question silly Um, answer do we have any weller special open yeah we have a bottle of weller special reserve open can Um, you grab that for me would you like me to grab the special reserve which is uh 45 or would you like me to grab weller antique which is 107 Mm. i think the antique because that the antique has that heavy cinnamon nature to it of course um so i didn't accurately proof down our pour of Maker's Mark mm. cask. I added a couple drops of water to it. Ooh, but you... You brought out sweetness that wasn't there. Like, it definitely calmed it down, took away a little bit of that, like, overly oaky tannic, and you just made it that gentle sweet that the 101 is. Okay, so I guess the question that I have for you is, that I'm gonna pose to you and get your thoughts on, is, um, with the knowledge that you can add a bit of water to Maker's Mark cask strength to get pretty close to the same thing as the Maker's 101, is it worth it if both bottles are the same price to get the Maker's 101? So I can't answer a simple yes or no for that. So how I feel about this is the following. 
If you are new to whiskey, if you don't like ultra high proof, if you want something that's gentle out the gate, go for the 101. If you like higher proof, go for the cask. If you are a drinker who puts ice in your whiskey, if you are a whiskey and ice drinker, mm -hmm. go for the cask because that will already kind of numb the flavor and kill a little bit of the harshness to it. I don't know so many people that are adding water. It's only like the hardcore whiskey drinkers that are already adding water to their glasses. Like yeah. most people who are going to grab makers are not going to care about that. They're going to throw it in a glass of ice. They're going to throw it in some Coke. They're just going to like tra-la-la and go. And for that, I think that um, general basic frills, uh, basic bitch makers, the... the hand label the the 90 proof uh -huh. i think that that is a great bottle to grab for people who are just starting off yeah for the the mixing and the the ice cubes and to a degree i will also agree with you that cask strength for those intermediate or those those far along people who like that cask strength whiskey the higher proof or put an ice cube in it yeah i i think that's a great option for them i don't personally see where the 101 fits in because to me if you can take and add a few drops of water to cask and get close enough to the same flavor profile or just add a single ice cube like yeah. what's the point in the 101 exactly existing but the thing is like but hey if you enjoy it you enjoy it and that's yeah. that's all on you i'm just what giving my you, perspective of that do you know off the top of your head oh sorry do you know off the top of your head if cask strength is available overseas I don't know specifically, but um, I know that the 101 is no longer Traveler exclusive. I know, because so. my, my theory, my like, thought was, well, if if cask strength did not exist overseas and it was a United States or North I American mean, exclusive, then that was their version of a high-proof product. And in that regard, if cask strength does not exist in your market, but the 101 does, the 101 is definitely steps above the standard no frills uh well whiskey that is mm -hmm. uh maker's mark 90 proof yeah um i'll be right back yeah, grab, i'm gonna go grab uh pour of the weller antique on nose alone yeah 101 smells a thousand fucking times better uh, hang on uh yeah absolutely yeah. that's cask that, I, I know yeah <laughs> so i'll agree with you entirely that the makers 101 definitely has a better nose i want you to try this plus the the uh the 101 uh-huh and then that's okay Tell me, and then listen to what I'm saying, and tell me if I, if you agree. Okay. Okay. So, which one am I starting with? One on one. Or start with the the start, fancy Start with the Waller Antique. Yeah. Okay. It's good. Spicy. Cinnamon. Fruity. Okay. Stop hunting for the Antique 107 and just get the 101. Hang on. Hang on. Find your palate. Go ahead and set that down. So this is what we're about to do, or what I'm about to do, or have you do, 
is something that I've been meaning to do for a while on the podcast, but just have not gotten around to it. Your water's right there. Um, Are you making me do a triangle? No, no. A, tri- oh. a triangle is to identify the difference. This is not that. Um, so, I'm giving you the Weller Antique, and I'm also giving you the Maker's Cask. So, on the nose, how do they compare to you? Going back and forth. So, Maker's Cask has a little bit more spice on the nose than the Weller Antique does. Okay. Is that, like, the Okay. Weller Antique has this kind of, like, almost sour grain hit to it. To me, it's a little musty. Yeah. But you're... I, I agree with you entirely. Now... Start with the Maker's Cask, and then go to the 101. Flavor mm-hmm. on the palate, just... You mean 107? <sighs> Fuck. Yes, the Maker's Cask and then the Weller Antique. Thank you. Cause... Yeah, I'm doing terrible right now. Sour, Ooh. sour face. Ooh, no, it's... Going from that side to that side. So going from Makers to Weller. Makes the Weller so aggressively hot and sour. Okay. Now, uh, cleanse your palate and then do the reverse. Poured, like, water all over my lip when you put the clan cap back on. Whatever. Okay, what are your thoughts on both of them? So, that direction? Yes. I still think that the antique is slightly sour, and the the cask is a lot better in the other direction. <laughs> like, they're, they're similar enough to me that I wouldn't be upset in the least to go for the maker's cask. And, and I think that's that that's the conclusion that we came to um, a good while ago, is that in a blind flight between the two of them, this is obviously not a blind flight, but in a blind flight of the two of them, they were incredibly comparable. I would say 95% similar yeah, enough this flavor is, profile. We've done a weeded blind flight before. We've done, like, comparisons just as a whole, because yeah. we are lucky in that we have the ability to occasionally get a hold of the Weller line. Yeah, and um, the the conclusion that I personally came to was whichever one you are able to get for a cheaper price is the one you should grab. That normally for us right now, um, Maker's Cask is readily available literally everywhere, and mm-hmm. it's about 40 bucks. Um, we bought that bottle of Weller Antique for $26. Yeah. And frankly, it's a great pour for the price. Yeah. Granted, nowadays, that same bottle, if we found it uh, not in Florida, who has, um, there's a monopoly on who can sell Weller, but that's its own podcast. Um, outside of Florida, that same bottle can easily go for 100 to $150. And on secondary market, it's ridiculous. Um, both of them have roughly the same MSRP at this point, by the way. Yeah. Outside of Florida, because Florida's weird. In a lot of ways. We are. Stay out of Florida. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Meanwhile, what other state can you live in where someone throws a gator at you? Through it's not at you, it's through a Wendy's drive-through window. Yeah. Um or you just wander off a bank. Yeah. Florida. Florida. Hashtag Florida. So yeah, um don't FOMO on uh, don't have that fear of missing out on Weller Antique. Don't spend ridiculous amounts of money for it. Get a bottle of Maker's Mark Cask Strength instead and be just so much happier. Yeah, like, while we- why- why- Ooh. Take two. Yeah, while we understand the love of all things Buffalo Trace, I promise you that other distilleries that are just as good, oftentimes better, and more easily approachable and purchasable exist in Kentucky. And elsewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I can't think of the last time I've seen a Weller product in Kentucky. It's weird. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, anything else that you want to add to this nope, crazy- No, this has gone on long enough and you're going to have a fun time editing this for whatever we finally post it. So with all that being said, please do check me out on Instagram. My username is bourbon underscore and underscore stuff. You can email us your questions, comments, concerns, vents, gripes, and all that stuff to bourbonstuff at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and thank you for sharing the link. We had a huge uptick in listeners for a podcast that I forgot to share the other week. So uh, thank you to those of you who subscribe and who shared that because- yeah, keep, keep up the good work, guys. Was, you guys are doing amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. Y'all are great. And um, with that being said, remember folks, that all whiskeys- Even ones that used to be- super hard to get but are now super duper easy nonsensical to get are meant to be shared <laughs>